0: Go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter six, is where we'll be, and we'll be looking uh, at verses ten and going forward there, uh, and, and um, we'll be looking at a couple different uh, aspects of Ephesians chapter six. Well, as I said earlier, I uh, definitely am here in as the relief pitcher. Uh, Pastor Jeremy, uh, up until yesterday, uh, was planning on preaching and uh, had his message ready and was ready to go, but. Uh, his voice just gave out entirely, and um, we were there at camp and having a good time. Thankful for those of you that were able to make it. I know it was kind of a crazy weekend. We got hailed on here in the valley, and it was just crazy, but uh, just thankful for the families that were able to be there, but Pastor Jeremy definitely uh, took a turn for the worst throughout the weekend, and so uh, just um, yesterday, I, uh, we, were, uh, we were called upon to be able to uh, share what God has on our hearts, and so uh, that's kind of the direction of where we're going this morning and uh, thankful for that. But Ephesians chapter 6 is where I want to look at, and um, like I've said on many occasions, every time we come uh, to uh, this time of opening God's Word, I am reminded of the fact that it is the Spirit of God and the Word of God that do the work here, right? And uh, we are uh, instruments in His hands, unworthy, unworthy, And uh, were it not for the grace of God, we would uh, no way have the authority to do what we do as far as presenting the truth of the gospel. But because of God's grace and because of the work that he has done, every one of us has uh, the ability and the privilege to be able to be uh, instruments and tools in his hands. And so I am thankful for the privilege to be here this morning and to be able to share uh, some truths. What I will be sharing, I am aware of and very sure of, that every one of us here uh, perhaps has uh, examined this passage, examined this truth. There is uh, nothing new, uh, no new and great revelation or in-depth truth that I will be going through, but I do hope that it'll be a... a call to remembrance, a call to uh, just uh, alertness and awareness. And as I thought about that, even this morning, as I got up to pray about this message, I I thought about the reality that so many times all of what's going on in our modern day uh, can be uh, categorized incorrectly. Um, You know, uh, as you look across, whether it be the world at large or whether it be our nation, uh, you can uh, easily get caught up into the fact that, man, you know, it's been some—I don't know—sixty-plus years since uh, a prayer was uh, extracted out of the of the public schools. You know, it's been uh, many, many years now, many decades, I should say, uh, since uh, abortion was allowed across the the. Uh, the fruited plane of the United States of America as a acceptable practice. Um, and it's been uh, several uh decades now that um uh, the uh Ten Commandments and any reference to God has been wanted to be extracted from uh the government conversation, from the government role. And uh and so uh and then you look at wickedness and how wickedness has expounded, um, whether it be from you look back fifty years ago, and if there was a. Uh uh, a movie involving a uh, a, a, a make believe husband and wife. Maybe it's seventy years ago. I don't know. But a, a, a make believe husband and wife who weren't really a husband and wife. Even in that show, uh, they would sleep in different beds in the same room. Right. You know, it was just not look. And then now you look at what Hollywood has turned into. And in and of itself, you could talk about the the the, the wickedness of Hollywood. You could talk about oh the paganism of the of, of our education. system system. You could talk about um, how the corruptness of our politicians and and how we have uh, 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 no longer based our uh, our law on the lawgiver and where the original foundation of the concept of this structure came from. And we can we can subcategorize all those things. We can talk about the reality of. Uh, There being a day where the churches of America were so full and so on fire, uh, we can talk about uh, how, oh man, what has happened in the evolution of the different things that have happened across the religious perspective of America. We can, each one of those things, we can individualize and put into its own column. This morning, I was reminded, and I want to draw our attention to The reality of the spiritual battle. The reality of the spiritual battle. In in Ephesians, we find a letter written from Paul uh, to these Christians at Ephesus. And this is important. It's important to note um, uh, for for those of us that are still growing in the faith, uh, the Bible is uh, an inspired book. It was the Spirit of God that inspired these authors. And and there was much to be said about whether or not at that moment they realized they were writing scripture or not, or whether it was just the spirit of God that was uh, uh, leading them to write such things and then preserving those things in such a way uh, that uh, the inspired truth of God's word that was to be preserved for all of the existence of humanity was, was going to be left through these things that were written down, were noted. Nonetheless, what we find here is Paul writing from a Roman prison. He has been in prison, not because he was a thief, not because he was a drug dealer. He's not in prison because he did something evil or wicked. He's in prison because he's preaching that Jesus was the son of God and that he died for the sins of the world, which was not an accepted truth to preach. And so therefore they threw him in prison and he's in prison. In prison, he is uh, concerned, he is burdened for different Christians in different places. And so from this prison, uh, he or uh, a writer transcribes what he is saying in the letter to these churches. And that's what we find in many of the books of the New Testament are these things. And he's burdened for these Christians because He realizes in this new, uh, 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 flourishing new Christianity that there is a great need to understand the Christian life, to understand what it is to live under grace, uh, to no longer be uh, under the law, but to understand what it is to live under grace but also what it is to live this Christian life and what it means and what will be the ultimate day-to-day battle that they will face known as a Christian life. And here you and I are 2,000 years later, but nonetheless, God wanted you and I to know the same things. And so therefore, he made sure that his preserved word would reach our generation, would reach our time, would reach our tongue, our language, and therefore we have scripture in our tongue, in our language, and it's reached the year 2023. And here you and I are receptors of that truth. And that truth is no less powerful, it is no less meaningful, and it is no less urgent today as it was 2,000 years ago when those uh, Christians in that city of Ephesus received that letter and began to read it and study it. And so therefore, I share with you that background as we look at verse number 10 of Ephesians 6. And I'm reading out of the, uh, the New Living Translation like I told you in other occasions. I love this. It's just something new that I've continued to grow in and I, I just appreciate it for, for this season of my Christian life. I, um, so I'm reading out of that. Whatever version you have is perfectly fine. It says this in Ephesians 6 and verse 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Man, it is hard for us to understand that concept and that reality. You see, because... Whether you're in the realm of politics, you think, well, if we could just get rid of this president and we could get this president, if we could just get rid of this governors and get these governors, if we could just get rid of these legislations and put in this legislation. You see, what we need is we need to be able to change the laws and the schools to be able to do this and this and this. You see, what we need, and it's very easy to become very practical about this stuff. But here we are reminded and we are drawn our attention to the reality that we stand firm against the strategies of the devil, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Can I tell you something here that the words that are being used, we have to remember are not flippant words. They are not just words that fell into Paul's mind by uh, his uh, love of poetry or of his knowledge of Hebrew poetry of his time. No, this is the inspired spirit of God giving Paul the truth that was to be recorded into God's eternal word. And so therefore, it is very important for us to realize that what we are reading is of utmost truth and of utmost importance. And so Paul says, this reality exists. We are fighting not against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, powers, mighty powers, against evil spirits. In heavenly places. Verse 13 says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. When is the time of evil, Pastor John? Well, pretty much every moment from that point forward is the time of evil. You see, we sometimes like to trick ourselves into thinking that, oh, we are so much more evil than there ever has been. Well, I'm not sure I aspire to that thoughts i think as you study history you see that evil is evil and evil has always been evil and evil has always been here you see from the moment adam and eve sinned and allowed sin into mankind man into a humankind and we as descendants of that humankind we have been born in sin and sin has been around us and in us from then yeah, it didn't take very long to see what was the outcome of sin when one brother uh, got jealous of another brother and got mad at God and took out his anger on his neighbor and his brother. It was very early on that sin was very evident and the evilness and wickedness and the fulfillment of sin was evident. And it is true today. And so therefore, God tells us that we must put on every piece of God's armor and that we must resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is, the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you once again for your truth. Pray that you would guide our thoughts and our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Some simple, truthful statements I want to put before you. As we contemplate, as we think about the spiritual battle, some truths that I want you to think about and that I need to think about. Number one, you are being strategized against you are being strategized against how, how many of you have social media on here raise your hand Let's see. how many okay good majority of the room if not all the room a good majority of the room when you think about the reality um that in today's social media world it is in- incredible is it not um let's say you're talking about man i'd really like to go to pay- on vacation And you go to Google and you say, Google, ah, man, I'd like to go, what's what's there to do in San Antonio? What is there to do in Dallas? And then the next day you go on social media and what happens? All of a sudden it's like hotels from San Antonio, there's a resort in San Antonio, there's a resort in Dallas, there's like, wow, it's amazing. How did that happen? Well, that is just marketing. That that is just a simple concept of reality of marketing, right? And uh, these social medias, they sell that information. Uh, They sell, Google sells their information to one of the social media platforms. They correlate what you were looking for with who you are. Therefore, they populate into your feed uh, something that is of interest to you. It's an algorithm that goes finding its way to you. Well, here's what I want us to understand. There is a spiritual battle in your life taking place. Whether you are a one-week-old Christian, whether you are a one-year-old Christian, whether you are a three-decade-old Christian, you are being strategized against. In this thing called the spiritual battle, which is exactly that, it is the battlefield of the spiritual world. And our, our uh, materialistic earthly minds sometimes struggle with this concept. And I think the further away uh, that we drift from being able to have our uh, feet planted in the truth of um, God's eternal word, the harder it is for this concept and this reality to find a ground, a fertile ground in our hearts from which to sprout. But we need to replant it there because we need to realize that we are in a spiritual battle and we need to realize that we are being strategized again. Verse 11 tells us, put on God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil, it says in uh, my version. I think in the King James, it says against the wiles of the devil. You see, uh, this morning, uh, you are not fighting an enemy who simply has one game plan, has one thing that he's going to throw your way. No, uh, why is it important for us to realize that we are in a spiritual battle? It is important because it is uh, of utmost importance for us to realize that strategically, day by day, it is incumbent upon us as Christians to be able to realize that there is an enemy against us who is cont- Continuously strategizing against ways in which he can devour us. And so many things that we uh, put into all of these columns of, oh, it's just the schools. Oh, it's just the arena of politics. Oh, it's just Hollywood. Oh, it's just entertainment. Oh, it's just technology. We need to realize that, no, what we are seeing in front of us is the realms of spiritual battle. And you are being strategized against. We are in a fight. We are in a fight. It says, therefore, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Can I tell you one of the biggest concerns I have about modern Christianity is the fact that I feel that so many people are, man, God is love, and I love, and you love, and let's go, and let's have a wonderful worship experience, and let's enjoy this one-hour show Sunday, and then we can go on about our merry lives. No, my dear friend, this is where we equip. This is where we encourage. This is where we fortify ourselves, our spirit. We need to continuously be filled with God's truth because we are not going out to some neutral world out there and it's just a vanilla world. No, we are in a continuous spiritual battle. You know what's happening with 50% of marriages? You know what's happening with the home and the destruction of it, it is because there is actively a battle taking place. You know why uh, Why we're seeing uh, the result of drugs and suicide and so many things happening? It is the result of spiritual battles being lost. And we need to wake up to the reality that we are being strategized against. To be awa- we need to be awake. We need to be alert. We need to be aware of the fact that we are in a fight. Passiveness is not going to serve us well in the spiritual realm. We are to be active because, you see, this fight is intense. It says there, for uh, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. One of the greatest blessings of the last probably 200 years in our country and probably on this hemisphere was the fact that truth. And the gospel reigned across the fruited plain and spread throughout this land. And, and, and the unsaved and the unregenerate were surrounded by families, by leaders, by churches that were filled with the spirit of God and were equipped with the power of the Spirit of God. And one of the realities that you and I need to wake up to here in 2023 is that that has been eroding and eroding through the last several decades and that now what we are seeing as we see schools shot up, as we see all kinds of wickedness just prevailing in such a way and in such a manner that has never been perhaps in our time at least seen in this way and across this land and amongst these families and amongst this culture is because those unseen world authorities and rulers have been given space. I was listening to a radio program this past week and there was a guy named Jonathan Kahn who is on this, uh, he's an author and he's written several books and he was on this program and he talked about, he's a, he's a Jewish guy, um, a messianic Jew and he knows a lot about the, he studies the Old Testament quite a bit he said, uh, he was telling this uh, a, a radio personality. And he said, you know, one of the things that always happened in Israel was that um, when they removed God out of the government, out of the public square, out of the thoughts of what the normal day-to-day life was happening, it never stayed empty. It, it, uh, Israel never stayed empty. That was been when, when Baal worship would come in, that is when uh, something would come in of, of the, of the many avenues that Israel was swayed away from God, but it was always the initial removal of God that allowed the presence of evil to come in. Well, dear friend, I want to encourage you. I don't want to sit here and seem like a doomsday or that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this reality needs to be thought upon in the spiritual battle. For decades now as a country, we have removed God from the public education. We have removed God from the public square. In fact, now it is more, there, there, there are so many different versions of perversion and wickedness and evil that are more acceptable than for you to say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the only way to heaven. You are more scrutinized, you are are more criticized today for merely believing that this book is the truth of, of God and that in it contains the way to heaven, the knowledge of the Son of God, than you are for all kinds of perversion and wickedness that we see. And I believe that as we remove God through those decades, we did not remain void and empty. You know, this was true in the 30s and 40s of a little country in the middle of Europe. And in the middle of Europe, this little country where at one time the light of the gospel was represented, um, it it became empty and void of the truth of God. And it was purposefully uh, removed out of the public square and out of governance and out of the minds of the younger generation. And that younger generation grew up. And that little country decided that they were going to get rid of this culture, this nationality known as the Jews. That little country in the absence of the gospel that once was lighted there in Germany, as it got extracted, it did not remain empty. Wickedness and the powers of the wickedness filled that country and the rulers of it. And the result was devastating. And if you study history, it's sad to say, but much of the church remained silent in that time. In fact, it is said uh, that many times some of the churches that were that were uh, um, uh, physically near the railroad cars that, that were shipping the Jews by, it says that they would sing extra loud and make extra noise so as to not hear the screams of the Jews in the railroad cars being shipped off to their death. I wonder sometimes if us as a Christian nation that was once, having been extracting God out for decades, and as churches that should hear and should see and should be active in the spiritual battle if we are not drowning out what is going on around us. Oh, dear friend, you are being strategized against. However, that is the difficult, dark reality of what we see in the first few verses. But let's turn the page in verse number 13. It says, therefore, therefore, oh, can I tell you, dear friend, uh, look at what it says. It's an encouragement. It's a great bit of good news. Here is the great thing you are being strategized against. However, you have been given special equipment. You have been given special equipment. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Oh, can I tell you something, dear friend? The answer that we find in the gospel uh, here in Ephesians, here what we find is not that, man, things are evil. God, take us home. God, let's end this. No, what we find is that here there is evil. There are authorities and powers that are wicked. And here the Christian is to go to God and to get the equipment that God has given us to fight the battle that is the spiritual battle. Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be able to be standing firm, stand your ground, put on the belt of the truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Oh, dear young person, can I tell you something that in this life, nothing will serve you better than knowing the 66 books of this Bible? Nothing will serve you better than to know what this book says and to memorize the truth that is in it. I am so thankful that. This past week, a great hero of mine, Ron Hamilton, when I was a kid, my parents, they bought these tapes that were called Patch the Pirate. And Patch the Pirate was just a make-believe character. And uh, Patch the Pirate, he uh, he would go on these adventures. And on these adventures, uh, he would he would uh, uh, portray uh, a pirate uh, and his crew. And 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 uh, and there, uh, this uh, this uh, character would teach us children the truth. And we would sing truth. And we would learn truth. And we and we and in an exciting, adventurous way, that truth would be absorbed into our mind. I'm thankful for that because through the decades it has served me well. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth. This past week he finally lost his battle with dementia. His name was Ron Hamilton. I follow his wife on social media and she was saying that they reconcile or or kind of put together all of the hymns that he had written through his time. Over 975 hymns, she said, had been recorded that he had written. Great hymnists of our time. Somebody who early on as a young 20-something year old, he fought the battle with cancer and the cancer was in his eye. And so therefore, because of the cancer in his eye, they had to remove his eye. Well, initially they put a false eye in his uh, eye socket, uh, but he didn't like the way it looked. And so he opted for a patch across his eye. And in his testimony, he shares the reality that uh, he, he, he struggled with the, with the uh, reality of bitterness and anger against God because here he was, a young Christian college kid, and, and yet uh, here he was wanting to serve God, and here God had allowed cancer to come into his eye, and it had affected his body, and, and here he was now, he not knowing what to do, but having to have a patch across his eye for the rest of his life and being handicapped for the rest of his life. But early on, He allowed God's truth to inhabit his soul. He allowed the the truth that his daddy shared with him as a young boy and the truth that he had filled his heart with to that point to be his guiding light through difficult times. And in that spiritual battle of his life, he allowed God to guide him and to use him. And in the early 80s, he decided to come up with this character known as Patch the Pirate who would teach children some truth through an exciting, adventurous character. And literally hundreds of thousands of us, if not millions, learn so much truth through that little character known as Patch the Pirate truth is important truth matters and and this morning dear friend can i encourage you may you realize that being able to fill your life with truth is not just a spiritual exercise that will serve you well to be a wiser advice giver oh it's so that you can have more exciting posts or more gripping truths to share no it is important because there is an enemy who is strategizing against you who is seeking to destroy you, who is seeking to destroy your family, your marriage, who is actively in pursuit of any way possible for him to to demoralize you and bring you down. And it is God's truth that is your special equipment. It is these things that you and I need in order to be able to face the spiritual battle and to win the war. You are being strategized against. We are in a fight. You have been given a special equipment. Look at what it says. Therefore, put on every piece what, 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 of whose armor is it? What does it say? What does it say? You know, as I thought about that this morning, it just blew me away. We are being lent, we are being given God's armor. The God, the universal God of heaven, the God that inhabits eternity, the God that is all-powerful enough to speak out creation and from his very word be able to create everything that exists. Lately, I've been following, uh, I don't remember the name of it right now, the new uh, telescope that has launched out into space. Anybody know what that telescope is? I don't remember right now. What is it? James Webb, the new James Webb. And man, ever seems like every week there's new information coming out of things that they're seeing and things that they're observing. I find it hilarious. Um, uh, one of the things that creationists have, have just giggled at is because uh, one of the big bang theories is that the further away from earth that you would get, uh, the more disorganized you should find things. But no, uh, you're finding more and more organizations no matter how many millions of light years away they are looking, uh, they continue to find organized clusters and things like that. But nonetheless, I am fascinated that that the god of heaven the god of the bible spoke all of that to, into existence and that god says i have given you the equipment that you need to face what you're facing you say pastor john it's because you don't understand what i'm up against You don't understand my home situation. You don't understand my marital situation. You don't understand my coworkers. You don't understand the struggle I have with this device. You don't understand the struggle I've had since I was a kid with this addiction and with this problem. Can I tell you, dear friend, that the God of heaven does understand and that he has equipped you with the equipment necessary. He is lending you his armor so that you can resist the enemy. the enemy of our time, the enemy of evil. We are able to win the battle because of God's special equipment. It's proven, it's guaranteed to work. As we look through history, you will find that those that equip themselves with God's armor were able to make a difference in their time. And whether you look 2,000 years ago, whether you look at 1,500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 500 years ago, you will find heroes. We, we sang about um, just in one of the songs, uh, the heroes of the faith. And we can go to Hebrews and look at heroes that came thousands thousands of years ago we can go through the pages of history and christian history and you will find that there were heroes all along the way heroes uh like that one lady and her family who hid the jews in their closets in their secret hiding places as they uh, followed god's leading and here we are decades later go- later and we speak about them and we honor them because they followed god they put on the armor of god they put on the truth and we're so thankful for them. The question is for you and I, are we in that spiritual battle? We alert and aware that we are being strategized against. Are we alert and aware that we have been given special equipment? And can I finish with this thought of Ephesians chapter 6? I, 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 I'm sure you have studied all the different pieces of the armor of God. This morning, this captured my heart and captured my attention. You know, from verses uh, 13 through verse 17, we find the shield of faith, and we find the sword of the spirit, and the, the, the helmet of salvation. Uh, you find the word of God. You find the belt of truth. But then here comes what I want to finish with. You have access to the most powerful secret weapon of all time, and it's found in verse 18. It says this: Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Can I encourage you, dear friend, this morning as we leave church? Yes, we reviewed the basic concept and the basic structure of the armor of God. And you can take time to study every component of that. There's so much truth to dig through every part of that. Can I encourage you that this week, you would make effective use of the biggest and greatest secret weapon there is. Prayer. Prayer. Oh, in my spiritual life, it's been one of the biggest Achilles heels I've had. I'm a pragmatist at heart, and so much of my life has been in the realm of practical ministry. One of the biggest burdens of my modern spiritual journey has been growing in the area of prayer. I hope you'll join me in that. Hope you'll join me in understanding that we have access to the most powerful secret weapon. Oh, when you study what God did because of people praying. Oh, can I tell you time and time again, even as we studied Israel, and as I mentioned Israel in the past, how when they lost their way, oh, he would tell them, oh, if my people would humble themselves and would cry out, would seek for God. What is that? That is merely prayer. It is merely prayer. This past week, another great preacher of the faith, uh, Charles Stanley, passed away. I meant to get a picture of it, but I didn't get a chance to. And one of the articles I was reading, I believe it was on Fox News, so if you go there, you'll be able to see it. It's a picture of his prayer room. and There was a, a long bed type thing that wasn't exactly a bed, but it was where he could prostrate. For the God of heaven. And we look at those radio preachers and we think, well, they're so eloquent. And man, they just had the right situation, the the right radio station near them, the right connections. Dear friend, can I tell you that we have access to the greatest secret weapon of all time? We use the avenue of prayer at all times i think of many of our grandparents the legacy that many of them left was that they were men and women of prayer uh, my wife's grandmother her maternal grandmother was known as somebody that would just be talking to god continuously as i came onto the scene she was older in age at that point that uh she would sit in a rocking chair or she would sit on a on a her sofa chair, and you would just see her talking with God. she'd sing, she'd pray, she'd just be talking with God. I feel that many of the successes of her children I feel the same way about my paternal grandfather, many of the successes that we saw, and in my own life were a result of prayer prayer so I think about it even thankful for my own parents that I I believe I remember even Jason and the anniversary or the recognition of the anniversary of my dad's 40 years of pastoring mentioned the fact that morning upon morning he prayed, they prayed. This morning can I challenge us, each one of us dear friend. We are in a spiritual battle. We are being strategized against. You've been given special equipment. Make use of it. It's God's armor. Make use of it. And may we not forget that we have access to a secret weapon. You're there. You're at the moment of breaking. You're at the point of giving up. You feel you've reached your end. There's nothing left to do. There's nothing left to give. And I encourage you, pray, pray, pray. God can act. God can work. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness this morning. Pray to your Father that you would just guide us and lead us in your truth. I know, Father, this morning we're just simple, sporadic truths from your word, but I pray, Lord, that in something that was said and mentioned, the truth of it may be something that will guide you and guide each one of us to you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Perhaps this morning you'd say, Pastor John, I'm with you. Sometimes I have forgotten that this is a spiritual battle. I want to be practical about this, but it is spiritual. I want to be political about this, but it is spiritual. I want to be religious about this, but it is spiritual. It is my spirit needing to commune with God's spirit to prepare and equip my spiritual armor to face against the strategized attacks of the enemy. Perhaps, dear friend, you're in that battle. Perhaps you've lost some battles. And you're saying, Pastor John, this morning, God has just put this truth in front of me because I need to be better prepared. I need to cry out to God for help. I need to seek his guidance for these areas of my life. Pastor John, would you pray for me as God works in me? If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? I'd like to just know that God's working on your heart, not working in your life. Praise God for that. Praise God. Many hands all over the auditorium. Praise God. Praise God for that. Father, I do raise my hands with these people, and I pray, Lord, that you would just make us sensitive to your truth. May we be guided by your truth and guided by your spirit. May we be equipped the armor that you have provided. And Lord, may we reach out to the secret weapon, even as we are at this moment, in crying out to you and praying to you. Father, lead us and guide us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.